Michigan unbeaten no more. Piling on now is Iowa as they crack the 50 mark against the mighty Buckeyes. But when his number was called, seven got six. What's up and welcome to Spoko Radio presented by Blackheart Gold Pants SB Nation's community for the Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm your host to DC. With me as always, it's Jerry Sherwin. Jer, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm counting down the days to Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker, and really not the bowl game. Not the bowl game, but we'll get to the bowl game later in tonight's show. Also with us is the people's champ, David Johnson. Champ, how are you? I'm great. I'm not a Star Wars guy, so I'm not like excited like Jerry is. But there are some wonderful films that are out currently right now and that are coming out in the next couple weeks that I'm looking forward to. Chip, maybe we'll get towards the end of a little film recommendation for you and things you want to go see since Jerry talked about Star Wars. But we'll get to Perfect. Iowa stuff. Let's get to Iowa stuff first. Guys, subscribe to the show wherever you, wherever you guys get your podcasts. Share this with your friends. It's the holiday season. A great gift for us would be to recommend this podcast to your friends. And, we love and you trust me, you guys want to recommend now because next week we have a very special treat for you all. Yes, we do. So, yes, get your recommendations. Let people subscribe because they will not be disappointed for their first interaction with Spoko Radio. Follow us on Twitter at BHGP, at Shy People's Champ, at Jerry Sherwin, and at Dave Cray. We are all very, very active on Twitter. As if you follow me, you know today I got into it with a few people over something we're going to kick the show off here in a little bit. But subscribe to the show, share the show with your friends, and follow us on Twitter for sure as we get into everything there is about the Iowa Hawkeyes. Guys, to kick the show off this week, I figured uh, let's get into the Jordan Bohannon news in a, in a certain in a, in a weird way. He announced officially, the university announced officially, he's sitting out the rest of the year. He's having a hip surgery on his other hip. Told y'all. And as Jerry said last week, it is happening. So he will be out the rest of the year. As news broke, all the college basketball writers out there on Twitter were tweeting out the the news. And Jeff Goodman, uh, I don't know what publications he's with nowadays. Is he with the zone stadium? Is he with stadium? I think he's he's with stadium now. He tweeted out a hypothetical, it will be interesting note if Jordan Bohannon decides to grad transfer next year. Most of you probably saw this tweet. Most of you probably roasted him for it. He then countered it again on Tuesday saying he loves that Iowa fans are in so much disbelief at the possibility of Jordan Bohannon grad transferring to a major, uh, another major program. But I sided with Jeff Goodman. I said it'd be interesting It's to be as unbiased as possible. Uh, if a blue blood wanted to come and offer him a chance to win a national championship after everything he's done and given to the University of Iowa, what's to say him not taking the opportunity to go win a national championship? That went on tweet, went for a full 24 hours before people started attacking me for that tweet and for thinking that I was Boo, wrong. you suck. And I got a boo this man gift sent at me. I got told repeatedly that I don't know what I'm talking about. You don't. And that even some people some people suggesting that Iowa could be a top 10 preseason team next year yeah. with everything returning. So why would Jordan Bohannon want to leave that? Love it. Love when it. When I was it. simply just saying, it's it's a feasible thing. I don't think Jordan's actually going to leave. But it, it's if he decides, if he gets word that a, a blue blood wants him, 
Why not? So which led to a back and forth, which I want to kick the show off, guys. What do you think is more likely, Jordan Bohannon grad transferring or AJ Epinesa deciding to stay for his senior year? Champ, let's kick this off with you. What do you think? I think it is def. I don't even think this is close. I think it's definitely more likely that Jordan Bohannon grad transfers because I don't think there's any chance AJ Epinesa is coming back for his senior year. I think he's going to be a top 10 draft pick uh, next spring in the NFL. He showed in the second half of the season what a dominant force he can be at that defensive end position, was named second-team All-American in the entire country, first-team All-Big Ten. Uh, he's, he's an exceptional D-line. He's a, a D-lineman. He's everything the NFL wants. He's got the size. He's got the power. He's got the quickness off the edge. I think he's going to be a great defensive end in the NFL, so I don't think there's any chance He's coming back to Iowa next year. As much as that pains me to say, I would love to see A.J. come back for his senior year, but I think all of us realistically know he's not coming back. He's going in the NFL. So that being said, J-Bo, obviously we all love J-Bo. He gutted it out 10 games. He's going to have to have hit another hip surgery. Still played pretty damn good even on one hip, and even that hip wasn't good because he's having another hip surgery. So obviously we'd all love to have him come back next year, but – I think there is a possibility that a blue blood comes in and says, you know what, we would love to have a senior point guard like J-Bo that has you know, NCAA tournament experience, that's been a great player at Iowa, and we're going to try to go get him. And I mean, would any of us really fault J-Bo for leaving? I mean, obviously some people on Twitter would, but <laughs> I think the three of us would all kind of understand, hey, if a Duke, a North Carolina, a Kansas, someone like that, wants to go get J-Bo and bring him in, I don't think we would fault him for that. No, I don't think, and that's the point I've been trying to make. I, I, don't, I don't think there's anyone, anyone that can blame him for, for going that route if he chooses to. Uh, Jared, what do you think? Uh, the you're, you're chipping it on the nose here. It's 100% Jobo. Like I said last week, I knew this was – I had it on good faith that this was going to happen with Jobo. I also have it on good faith, and I will go ahead and break this here, that Jordan Bohannon is going to listen to what is out there. That does not necessarily mean that he is ready to leave Iowa or that he wants to leave Iowa. But if a blue blood comes and knocks on his door, he is going to listen to the pitch. And he should. Jordan Bohannon, for what he is very talented at, rangy threes, being able to like dictate the game, slow it down, hit some spot-up jumpers, also take guys off the dribble. There are teams out there like Duke. I can, I can point you to Villanova, who I will be at the Villanova-Kansas game this weekend. They could desperately use a Jordan Bohannon right now. And Jay Wright has done this in the past already and brought in senior grad transfers. So I'm telling you guys, don't be naive and just assume that he wants to spend his senior year without his best friend, Ryan Creener playing in the dumps that is Carver-Hawkeye Arena. Ding, ding, ding. Don't just assume that because he rode on his shoes at Iowa State, like, thanks for the memories, they, like, that all of a sudden that these and Hawkeye through and through, this is a athlete who is going to want to go out on top his last year of playing collegiate basketball and... Guys, let's face it, he's probably not going to be in the NBA. So this might be one of his last shining moments. And if Coach K comes calling, he needs to pick up the phone. And, Jared, to kind of build on that, you could almost read into him reading on his shoes as that is the end. I totally agree. Like, even the way he worded his quote and when it came out on Monday that he was going to be out with the so 
He is what made this decision difficult was not being able to play with his best friend Ryan Creener, who is graduating at the end of the year. It wasn't through. And granted, I think he probably loves all of his teammates, but I but I think he has a special connection to Ryan Creener, where mentioning him specifically by name, if he's not here next year, I don't feel like he has that connection that needs to keep him on campus. And so I originally answered this on Twitter. I th- actually thought. AJ Epinesa would more likely to stay. But the more I thought about it, the more time I had to reflect on this, I think Champlin and I think Jared are both 100% correct. I think it is more likely that Jordan Bohannon grad transfers. I think he loves the University of Iowa. He's, he's an Iowan through and through. But I think he accomplished all that he can to at the University of Iowa. What's to stop him? As Jared said, he's not going to the NBA. If he is, he's not. I mean, I love the guy. He's not going to have a, you know, a great career in the NBA. And so what's stopping him to go pursue a national title in college basketball? And to add all the things that he brings to the floor, he also has the irrational confidence that can help a, a national title mm-hmm. contending team in March. Yeah, he's not afraid to take a big shot at any time of the game from anywhere on the court. I mean, when he gets over half court, he can pull up at any spot and just drain a three in your face. And he's not afraid to shoot him. He's made a lot of clutch shots for Iowa. And yeah, I mean... I actually read the same thing with the shoes. I'm glad you guys brought that up. When he did that, and now all the money getting donated to the Iowa hospital, that's a great cause. I mean, great thing by Jabo. But that, to me, is like a goodbye to Iowa. Not only was it, you know, a last win at Iowa State, but I think that's a way of saying, like, leaving my shoes on the court, I did all I can do for the Hawkeyes, and I'm going to move on. Even after, you know, this year playing, you know, part of his senior year and now getting to most likely get to play an entire another season. I think that was his way of saying about Iowa, and I I don't fault the guy for it. And and you guys need to realize too, like I think we are officially becoming the podcast of seeing the forest through the trees for Iowa fans. This by no means is, is saying that the three of us want AJ or Jobo to leave. If they both come back, <laughs> I will be ecstatic. I will be we all three of us will be pounding the drum for both of these guys. But if Jordan Bohannon, after what you just mentioned, champ, donates all this money, he has all these big shot moments, uh, there's, there's too many to count where Jobo has bailed us out, especially the last season that we played. And then he has this beautiful moment this, this year. He wanted to come back for memories. He wanted to play with his buddy. He wanted to give it a go. If, if he was hurt or was, uh, wasn't 100% this entire time, like he was always going to try to play with Ryan. And if he goes and moves on, you should also support him in doing that. Bottom line. Oh, yep. 100% correct there. And to me, it's – I'm going to try to spin this in the AJ Epinesa more likely to stay because I did say this at first, and there's a there's a part of it, right? His dad played here. He seems to be very fo- – like he seems to love the University of Iowa as much as Jordan Bohan, as much as anybody who grew up in the state of Iowa. So there is an argument to be made of AJ Epinesa choosing to stay. Again, champ, you hit the nail on the head. He's prototypical defensive end in the NFL – He's a likely top 10 pick, top 15 pick at worst. It would be silly for him to, to stay. But you could make the argument that maybe there's a chance. I don't think either one of these things are very likely. I think could be, there could very well be that no Blue Bowl wants to take a chance on Jordan Bohannon because he's coming off of two hip surgeries. That very well could be it too. And I just looked while you were talking, D.C., three different mock drafts have A.J. Epinesa going to the Colts at around like 15th, 16th pick. Right. And so, and to me, you don't, you don't, leave, you don't stay to when all you can do is get hurt and fall further down the draft. 
Yeah, unless yep. you want to be like Chase Young and go for like maybe a Heisman, which is never going to happen. Right. They Chase Young proved it this year. If he's if he's not winning it, he finished fourth. <laughs> and yeah. he had the season he had, and he finished fourth. So if he can't get in in the top two, there's no way AJ Epinesa is going to win win the Heisman Trophy by coming back. Especially with Spencer Petras on his team, like that guy's going to be the Heisman hopeful. <laughs> yeah, that's who I think of Heisman candidates for next year. Not Tyler Goodson, but Spencer Petras. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think to me, I don't think Jeff Goodman should have tweeted that out so early into this process. Right? It was a unnecessary but that's what, tweet that's to write. Jeff up Goodman the, does. See, that's like what he's always no, done. No, I understand like that. that. But I think if going back to what Jared said is really being kind of unbiased and really objective looking at this if he if he's a gra- if he graduates and he gets word that a blue blood wants him why shouldn't he entertain that option he's done everything he could possibly could he played through a hip surgery that he shouldn't have even been playing through for 10 games this year because he loves his university that much yep and so if he if the man wants to go pursue a national championship with a blue blood whether that's Villanova whether that's Duke North Carolina Kansas Wherever, Godspeed. Thanks, Jobo, for the all the memories, man. And honestly, if it's not even a blue blood and they, we don't think that there's aspirations for a national title, if Jordan Bohannon wants to change his scenery and thinks he's got a better opportunity to go do that somewhere else, good for you. Absolutely. All right, guys, let's get into... People are going to hate that. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> no, I, I kind of hated it when you said it, but I didn't want to react, so... I mean, it's fine. We we have to- I, he need, if he's gonna go somewhere, it needs to be like a legit, you know, top ten team or a team that is, can potentially be a you know final four team. He doesn't need to be transferring to like fucking Creighton or something. That what if he goes to Wisconsin? Off. He's not. They're not gonna let him go to a place in the Big Ten. He does. They don't. He can grad transfer. They, grad it doesn't matter. Don't have a block. I I would be personally be upset if he went somewhere else in the Big Ten. If he wants to go somewhere, let it be somewhere not in the Big Ten. And has a legit shot of going to a Final Four. Juwan Howard's coming for Jobo. <laughs> that would upset me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's get into the meat of our show this week. It is Christmas time, which means, as always, there's a Santa Claus has a naughtiness, naughty list, and a nice list. So we figured, what better way to get into the holiday spirit than putting an Iowa Hawkeye twist on the naughty and nice list? So the game this week is who from the Big Ten or from Iowa makes your naughty list, and who is on the nice list. Jared, would you like to start with the naughty list or the nice list? I'd like to start with the naughty list. Okay. Well, Jared, I'll throw it to you. Who do you have on your Big Ten slash Iowa naughty list this year? The number one pick for my naughty list is Hawkeye Heaven of Twitter fame. I think this is a very easy Facebook fade more than Twitter fame. Correct. He is enemy number one on anybody that is a part of Iowa social media. Not only does this guy, who I'm not sure is a listener or not, so if you're listening, I really give two shits, because not (laughs) only does he steal everybody's bits, everybody's pieces, and then claim them to be his own, but he also tried selling a bowl package in the last week or so that sent people to San Diego, Texas. That is an ultimate Grinch move if I've ever seen one. Stealing, sending people to the different place, trying to ruin their Christmas, holiday, New Year's. 
I mean, that is if that's not grounds for being on the naughty list, I on don't top know of that, is. Jared, to add to that, his graphic that he was using to hype that bowl package in the background had the camping camping world bowl in the background. It says the holiday bowl. Amazing! What a jackass! Literal moron. That's a great call, Jerome. <laughs> Absolute fool. I mean, he definitely should be on the naughty list. And here's just another P- PSA to everybody out there. If you guys follow Hawkeye Heaven on Facebook, just stop, please. He steals yeah. everybody's information. He passes it off as his own. He tries to bully people into just leaving him alone. And he, it, he just needs to be ignored and he will go away. So please, if you follow him or if you know somebody who follows him, spread the news. Please tell people to stop. Start spreading the news. Also, like, stop stealing headlines and claiming them to be your own as if you have inside sources. I have, like, two people that tell me information, and I don't. I barely share it. I shared the first time tonight that I know that Jobo's going to listen, and that's on pretty good faith of somebody. But, like, that's somebody that talked to me individually. You just stealing Dr. Min's headlines and then using them as your own? Like, you could literally go eat coal for all I care. Shove it up your ass. Maybe we'll turn to a diamond. Finally, you get the money you're looking for. <laughs> Champ, who's on your naughty list? <laughs> my, that was a good one, Jerome. I like that. My, uh, my number one on my naughty list are the absolute buffoons that voted for Rodrigo Blankenship to be the Lou Groza <laughs> Award winner over Keith Duncan this week. An absolute travesty that Keith Duncan did not win the Lou Groza Award this year. I have some stats for everybody. Everybody already knows this, I'm sure, because they know I love Keith Duncan, but I wrote them down anyway, and I want to share them. The man was 25 for 25 in extra point attempts this year. That's perfect, right? Perfect, yeah. 29 for 34 on field goals, including 14 of 18 from 40 yards or more. And this guy does not win the Luke Rosa Award. Rodrigo Blankenship in his biggest kick of the year against uh, South Carolina to tie that game, missed it. What did Keith Duncan do in his biggest kick of the year? Drilled it in Nebraska, shut them all the fuck up, blew kisses to the crowd, won that game, and capped off an amazing Amazing season, and the fact that he did not win the Luke Rose Award is absolute trash. And whoever voted and whoever is on that panel that made Rodrigo Blankenship the Luke Rose Award winner should be number one on everybody's naughty list. <laughs> Love it. Champ, you're not wrong, man. I, it's, it's a shame. It's a travesty that Keith Duncan did not win that award. He deserved it. I love that at the award ceremony he brought both – uh, his long snapper and his holder with him to ex- to experience Atlanta for the award ceremony. Uh, Iowa Hawkeye Football Com put out a great video of them going through Atlanta, different pictures on Instagram, all that stuff. That's another another point for Keith Duncan and sharing yep. the love that he got in his amazing season, bouncing back from being benched and being the backup to re uh, to retaking the starting role and just completely dominating it. I it, totally agree, Rodrigo Blankenship. Had no business winning that uh, winning that award just because I show you that goggle sometimes uh, I guess puts you over the edge. A funny little accessory. People yeah, love Rex, the Rex Specs. Specs gets them the award. Absolutely ridiculous. And I mean, 
the guy hit more field goals than extra points this year. That's the only guy I think in the entire nation to accomplish that feat. 29 field goals, and you don't give him the Luke Rosa. It just when I heard that news, I wasn't watching the show live, but when I saw the Twitter reactions, I was just infuriated. Like, how is that possible that this guy, when at this with this kind of season, does not win the Luke Rosa? Award? Just absolutely ridiculous. Nate Kading should have just called an audible on stage and announced him as the winner because he was the one that handed out the award. I know that's another thing they get. They, I mean, that you had to have th- thought that when they bring Nate Kading in to give the award that it's going to go to the Iowa kicker. And no, it goes to the fucking Georgia kicker, of course. (laughs) Another guy on the naughty list. All right, my naughty list goes to the entire Iowa Athletic Department that is in charge of Carver-Hawkeye Arena. It's been (laughs) a handful of games for the Iowa basketball team this year and a handful of home games. And the one thing has remained true, other than Iowa playing exceptionally well so far, minus a couple games, it's that the atmosphere in Carver-Hawkeye Arena is downright dreadful. I have just the, – the main library at the University of Iowa campus has more atmosphere than Carver-Hawkeye Arena most nights. <laughs> <laughs> and I, so I wanted to dig a little bit because I was really curious. Is it, is it an attendance thing? Is it well, – you know, what's – What's causing this? And so I looked back and I tried pulling the attendance from every year back to 2000. And so during Steve Alford's time, it was a little just under 14,000 average attendance throughout his tenure. Todd Licklater showed up. That average attendance dipped all the way down to 10,500 people Ooh. over his time. Ugh. That is a huge drop. Fran McCaffrey comes back in and that attendance is right back at Steve Alford levels. But I would argue that the atmosphere has not caught up to that. So that nope. tells me one thing. That who's ever in charge of the in-game entertainment, the in-game atmosphere, the in-game theatrics Seating. of Carver Hawkeye Arena needs to f- figure it out. Needs to do whatever it is. I'm not going to be here saying that you need to move the student section because that falls on deaf ears year after year, repeating after repeat. But if you choose not to move the student section, you need to find a way to supplement fan engagement within a game because it is downright dreadful to turn on a game on TV and want to fall asleep, when, especially with how well this Iowa basketball team is playing so far this year. I got an idea on how they can do it. What do you got, Jer? Blow it up! That's certainly a... At the, all options should be on the table at this point. Literally, if you blowed the whole thing up, and then just built right on top of it. You you wouldn't even have to like bring in dirt or anything. You could literally just even it out a little bit, and boom, just, new f- just even it out a little bit. Yeah, just you know, <laughs> use science or st- and stuff. I mean, I'm just so sick of, and I, and I really do think if you figure out the fan atmosphere, the in-game entertainment, the in-game you know energy, you help frame in the long run with recruiting. You make a place people want to come and play basketball. I personally am of the belief that this is an arena problem more so than an in-game experience problem. Because as we've talked about multiple times on the show, there is really good product on the floor right now for both women's and men's basketball team. They sell out almost every wrestling event they put in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just really do believe that it's just the way that it's set up for basketball. I, don't th- I just don't think fans want to go in there and then they just – these. People with more money than the rest of us get to sit in the front, and they don't seem to care as much as we do. 
and they're old and they're not very loud and that doesn't help. I mean, you when you when you want to have a home field advantage, you'd like your crowd to get loud at points of the game where you need them to get loud and get the other team, you know, off balance and that doesn't happen at Carver. So it's really not even that much of a home court advantage. No, you got I mean, it's absolutely right. It's it's pitiful. It's truly just it's unbelievable. I mean, Jerry, when we were at Iowa, we were in the Hawks Nest Executive Board, and I remember when we were there, the Ohio State student section had to pitch their athletic department to, on a trial basis, move their student section to where it is today. With the understanding that we will bring the energy, we will bring the noise. If we don't, you have every right to move us back to where we were, which is similar to how Carver is currently. Mm -hmm. And to me, that makes all the sense in the world. If you have these donors who are not even going to games, or if they are, are just choosing to sit down, you have to. There has to be a way to change their what they get for the amount of money that they give to make it enjoyable for them, where they continue to give money, but you also make Carver actually a difficult place to come into and play. Here's the deal, though, with all this is like we're not the first ones to mention this. We won't be the last. There's lots of people all around Iowa both in the state, around campus, on social media, that complain about this every single season. So I don't understand why there's never been a change or even a tryout at change. And it seems like a lot of people that actually do attend these games and are season ticket holders agree with this. So what one of the donors is the one that's stopping this from happening? Because the environment is trash, and if they would just simply take a group of kids, like the Hawks Nest, who has a nice following, move them along a little bit to create a better environment, let's say right behind the benches, because that's kind of what's on TV, and people see them having fun, and when big runs happen, they tend to lose their minds, and what happens? It's a wave of people behind them. They start to lose their minds because they see the kids having fun, and it reminds you how much fun basketball is, like when you used to be on campus. The fact that that's not happening, I don't understand. It, it's truly, I, it just will always consistently blow my mind. And if you don't want to move the student section, fine. But at least put in effort to make it a little bit more enjoyable to actually even watch. It's boring to watch the game on TV. They, yeah, imagine being there, how boring it is. Right. They need a Dunkin' Donuts race. <laughs> <laughs> shout, Maybe. Out, shout out the Bulls. Shout out Jerry nice ice cream cone race. There you go. Everybody, everybody loves the ice cream cones. Do like a swirl, vanilla, well, and chocolate I, against each other. Honestly, I know we've been on this too long now at this point, but it's just something that always sticks in my bones. Like their Pancheros thing is the loudest that that stadium ever gets. It's true. I mean, Pancheros is wonderful, so I can understand that. <laughs> but it shouldn't naughty be the list. loudest. Champs now on my naughty list. <laughs> <laughs> do you either guys have anybody else on the naughty list? That was it for me. I don't know about you guys. Um, I do have one other thing I want to put on the naughty list. I don't know if it's a person as opposed to a thing. Sure, what do you got? But I'm putting the Iowa basketball jerseys on the naughty <laughs> list. I like it. Not the ones they wore against Iowa State. Correct. Though. Those were beautiful. Not those. The normal ones that they like re like they brought out this year. The shitty Shields twenty dollars shorts ones. That's yes. the ones you don't like. The ones that look like they're uh, I believe the brand is Coliseum, the Coliseum yep. brand of clothing that you would see at Iowa Book, right? Like it's like you go to the Nike shorts to be sixty dollars, you're like, can't afford that. Well, these ones kind of look like the Nike ones, so I'll buy these. bucks. Let's get them. <laughs> I just I truly despise those uniforms. If you're going to 
like launch a new uniform for Iowa just to do the varsity script. It's classy. All of us love it. Just keep them in that type of uniform. It's not hard. You're overthinking it. Nike or whomever it was on campus, you overthought it. You overshot. It didn't work out. Now go back. Or just make the ones they wore against Iowa State their everyday wear uniforms. Those were beautiful. I mean, those just are Oregony almost. They had like a little I like mean, little they heat. Were great. I loved them. I did too. I love those two. Basically, if you're in charge of Iowa basketball, contact Spoko Radio. We will come <laughs> in and fix everything we got from notes. your in-stadium arena atmosphere to your jerseys. The Bring th- us on. We will charge a very reasonable consulting fee, and we will make sure people. Carver's actually mad again. I'll save you all the the fee. You can go into script notes or like meeting notes from 2008 through 2010, and I'm sure that everything I will tell you now was in those notes from when I talked to you all then. That means you, Paula. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll get into the nice list. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. We are doing a naughty and nice list for Iowa and the Big Ten this Christmas season. We just did our who made our naughty list this year. So let's cut over to the who's who's getting some good presents. Who's on the nice list? Champ, let's kick things off with you. Uh, I'm gonna. St- I have a couple on my uh, nice list, so I'm gonna start with my non-Iowa one. I'm gonna go to the Big Ten because this was pr- uh, proposed to us as a, an Iowa or a Big Ten naughty and nice list. So my first one on my nice list is two people. It's Ryan Day and it's Justin Fields. I think. I think Justin Fields at the end of the season finally started getting the credit that he deserved, especially from this show and Jerome Sherwin, who just all year shat on Ryan Fields for the first Full eight name. or nine weeks. Who's Ryan I mean, Fields? Just, Justin Fields. I see I'm combining the coach and the I'm the biggest Ohio State that. fan on the planet now. I mean, after he goes to Columbus, he got all aboard Justin Fields. The guy, not only was he a freshman this year, but he was a transfer with a ton of pressure Everybody thought, you know, him coming from Georgia, he was just going to come in and be great. And he literally exceeded every expectation, even the crazy ones that the Ohio State fans had for him. He couldn't have had a better season than he had this year. 13-0, going to the, you know, number two in the nation, going to the playoff. I think they should be the favorite against Clemson. I don't know why they're not. That's another story for another day. But Justin Fields, an exceptional season. And Ryan Day, the same thing. First year coach for Ohio State Buckeyes taking over. Absolutely phenomenal year as a coach. Had a ton of pressure himself coming in, taking over for Urban Meyer. And he literally did everything he possibly could to make this team a great team, 13-0. and And he did – I don't think he gets enough credit because, yes, I understand a lot of these players that he coached this year were Urban Meyer guys. I get that. But you still have to coach him, and you still have to get everything out of him that he did. And they were really never close in any of their games this year. They manhandled everybody they played. They did their job. They went 13-0. and And I think they're going to roll and win a national title. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. He actually became the first Ohio State head coach to win Big Ten Coach of the Year. I mean, that in and of itself is crazy that no other Big Ten or Ohio State coach has won that. So that, I mean, that's good that he got some credit because he definitely deserved it. No, absolutely. All right, we'll come back, Champ, to your Iowa nice list. But let's go to Jared. Jared, who's on your nice list? My number one pick for the nice list this year is none other than Deuce. What you gonna do, Brother Hogan? 
for all he did for the 2020 Iowa recruiting class, for how amazing his piece was by Scott Docterman this week in The Athletic. If you have not read that, I cannot recommend that piece enough. Must read for sure. And for the tweet that he sent two days ago when somebody sent out a picture of Nebraska and said there's no place like Nebraska, GB, hashtag GBR, and he responds, he quote tweets it and says, I'd argue there is, hashtag go Hawks. This kid, and I know he's probably going to redshirt, it seems like, after reading that piece from Doc, but this kid is the future of Iowa's program. If I know that I blow a lot of Brian Ferentz smoke up all of your asses consistently, <laughs> but Deuce Hogan's going to be the key to unlock all of this. Spencer Peaches is going to get two years probably to play, and then Deuce is going to come in with the remainder of this 2020 class, which is arguably the best class that Iowa's put together under Kirk Ferentz. And when all those kids are popping with like a senior or junior Tyler Goodson, maybe even a senior by then, and some of the other additions that they've brought in at the skill positions, this is going to be the difference between us being eight and nine when Iowa and the team that Nebraska can then write a trolley type article about to us then becoming the Wisconsin type team in the Big Ten West. And who knows? By then, they might change the divisions and things might be more tricky. But from here, looking forward for the next four or five years, there is a foundation here that everybody needs to be excited about. And that's coming from a guy that gives two shits about recruiting normally. You need to believe in this kid all-time uh, uh, nice list. So I'm glad you brought the Doc, doc article up this week because it, it was just great. And I know from in that it makes it seem like he's going to redshirt. But I kind of just want to ask the question, what if he comes into Iowa City and he's just too good, too talented? You play him. Put him on the field. Start him as a true freshman. I don't think any of us would have any problems with that. No because shot. what captured me most was just his ability to get guys to believe in him, to trust him. His yep. command of a huddle, his command of a team, his command of a locker room. It just spoke volumes. because he came in as a freshman, as the coach's son as a freshman. Mm-hmm. And just commanded respect among seniors, among a very talented senior class by all accounts, and just led that team to a state championship as a freshman. To me, that speaks so many volumes. Not alone, not not to mention the fact that this year he had schools like Georgia offering him to start from day one next year. And Baylor. And Baylor. Baylor had like four quarterbacks play in their Big 12 championship game that we watched. I'm sure they could use them. So if teams in the Big 12 with their types of offenses and teams that are in the playoff championship hunt, like Georgia, offering him to start from day one, who's to say he doesn't step into Iowa City ready to go and actually compete at a high level for that number one job? Yeah, there's nothing that's stopping him. If he comes in and he's ready to go, I don't think, I mean, obviously we'd love Spencer Peters to be great, but I don't think any of us are expecting him to be like the next big thing. So if Deuce comes in and he's ready to roll right off the bat, I I don't see any reason why they should redshirt him. Put him out there, let him compete. Let, you know, do you want to split time with Peters to start? Yeah. That's fine. But if he's ready, get him in there and let's see what he can do. I, I totally agree. And and one thing that I failed to mention is for a kid who has no ties to the state of Iowa whatsoever from Texas to just understand the fan base and to recruit on a level that is equivalent to the staff on this team is it says everything about his character, his leadership, and what you mentioned, DC, his command for a locker room and a team. 
and you guys should have seen Jerry's face light up as Champ and I both kind of buy into what Deuce Hogan could do for Brian Ferentz's offense. Jerry was lighting up. He was the smile was becoming hard to contain on Jerry's face just there. It's Aren't hot. you happy, Jerome, that I didn't put Brian Ferentz on my naughty list? I thought you'd like <laughs> that's that. That's because we made a pact on the White Sox. I don't diss them. You don't diss Brian. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I will say one other thing from that doc piece that I really liked um, is a good insight into how Iowa recruits players. Mm-hmm. You saw Ken O'Keefe go down to Texas and basically taunt or not is like hype the having Kirk Ferentz on your staff, the most respected coach in all of college football, mm-hmm. with a picture of that. It was very, very nice to see because I think nowadays you see a lot of programs like in Ames and like up in Minneapolis, who just offer everybody who walks by their campus a scholarship. And it's nice to kind of see the way Iowa likes to handle its business. Correct. Yeah, and we got a little light into the fact that it's not all Brian Ferentz like Jerry wants to believe. Kirk still has a lot of influence in that recruiting class, and he still had a lot of influence in getting deuce. So remember that, Jerome, next time you hype I, up I, Brian. I, I don't disagree. The fact that Kirk Ferentz writes some letters and they go on Deuce's wall, I think that's a very lovely thing. I would, I would literally frame a handwritten letter from Kirk Ferentz, and I would hand it down to all the generations, despite the fact that my kids would probably play at Michigan. Here we go. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Just the two of you can never go full show without getting at each other a little bit. <laughs> I just love that he always talks about his future children that are going to be named Drew with a J that are going to go to Michigan. <laughs> All right, let's get to my nice list. I am going to put on my nice list Jordan Bohannon for gutting it out these 10 games because he felt like he wanted to be with his guys and try giving it a go. We would mentioned at the beginning of the show but truly, like, he owed n- nobody anything for this after he had hip surgery in the spring. To come out and gut it out and really have his eyes set on that Iowa State game, it was such a great story the first half of this year as we kind of move into basketball season and now we get to see what this team looks like without him. But it was great to kind of see him gut this out. And... To me, well, that, like I, f- I want to take this time because I feel like people are, are thinking I don't appreciate everything he did and what he means to Iowa. I think he, what he means to Iowa from when he stepped foot on campus to what he did in Ames last week, it just is it's remarkable. And I will forever grateful what he did and, and coming to Iowa and really kind of being that guy who didn't shy away from the pressure of what it means playing for Iowa and kind of looking for that big shot and really kind of being that guy. I mean, Jerry, keep me in check here, but he's really been like the big shot guy since Matt Gaines. Um, I think uh, Roy Devin Marble made some big shots. I mean, you tough too if it was in the first half. <laughs> no one's compared to Jordan Bohannon. Come on, <laughs> Roy Devin Marble. You just said. All right, put some respect on Roy Devin. Jabo, come on. You're being a little uh, recency bias on Roy Dev. He was fine. That's how I would describe Roy Dev. He has didn't make the shots and the, the deepness of the shots and the impactfulness of the shots that J-Bo did. It's not even close. I wasn't arguing J-Bo. I was arguing the Matt Gatons piece. Thank you. 
Okay, that's fine, but I would say Matt Gaines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would say Matt Gaines was a lot more impactful than Roy Devon Marble. Matt Gaines didn't have the type of shots that Jobo or like a Roy Dever Utah had to hit because I, unfortunately I he was on a shitty Pete, team. I would argue Peter Jock made more shots than Roy Devon Marble. No. Peter Jock was mm-hmm. a mental midget. He came up clutch sometimes. So. <laughs> All right, champ. Who's your Iowa nice list? Let's move over to you. Uh, my Iowa nice list goes right along with that DC, and it's it's actually a two part list. It's a, it's two people. It's in the same family though. It's Luca Garza and his gem of a father, Frank Garza. <laughs> two wonderful people on Iowa's campus. I not. Let's start with Frank first of all. The amount of love that Frank gives to Luca and to this program. He's at every game, home or road. He's in the crowd. He's jacked up. He's probably the most excited guy at the shitty Carver Hawk <laughs> Arena. He really Derek. is. I mean, he really is. They show they honestly show him more than they do they show any other fans. I understand well, there aren't he's many a player's father. But I mean, yeah, I mean he's gets the most energetic. He's genuinely happy all the time, but he does have that fiery side if Luca's not performing. And he's just a gem. Frank Garza, one of the top parents, one of the most memorable parents of a player that I can remember in my time watching Iowa. So we'll start with him. He's on my nice real list. Quick, and then his son, real quick, Luca. I want his flow when I'm that old. Yeah, I mean beautiful flow. I mean Me the too. gray, he's got the silver fox look, the nice little black glasses, just a beautiful look for old Frank. And then his son, Luca, just performing exceptionally, becoming that wolf that I called for earlier in this season, not being a sheep, controlling games down low, rebounding with the best of them. He's literally almost doubling his rebounding total from last year. That's phenomenal. His points per game is doubled. He's literally performing better than any of us could have ever expected Mm -hmm. and well on his way to not only first-team All-Big Ten, but if he keeps playing like this, first-team All-American and possibly a finalist for the Player of the Year award in the entire nation. Keep it going, Luca. We love it. You're the top of my nice list this year. He's been so good that when I see NBA t- people tweeting about Luca, I think they're tweeting about Luca Garza and not Luca Doncic. <laughs> there you go. That says enough. Can sure. Luca be an NBA player, though? Yeah, I think I think Luca can be like a... A little less Taj Gibson in the NBA. He can hit that like 16-footer, come off the bench, post you up down low, get the boards, get the those dirty points in the paint. I think he can be that guy. What about a leaner Brian Cardinal? Mm, Brian Cardinal washed out <laughs> those, pretty quickly. Those in the are NBA. two very different people you guys just <laughs> with listened. With Frank Garza's flow and Luca's nice head of hair, he'll never be Brian Cardinal because he was like bald at like age 18. <laughs> he hit some big shots for the Mavs, though. Yeah. he Was he on that title I'm team? I'm pretty I sure. He was. Yeah. He could. This is me not being an NBA guy, but he kind of has like a little big combo with the Lopez brothers. Step yeah, back and hit be. a three like Brooke can now. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Rebound, play dirty like Robin. DC yeah. with the best comp. Robin Lopez is probably his best comp. That's a good one. Especially if he can keep developing his passing, which has gotten a lot better this year. Prettier version Rob- of Robin. Robin is a very good passer, underrated passer. If Luca can develop that part of his game where he can catch the ball at the top of the key and create for your offense, which he has done this year. Yeah. He has gotten a lot better at passing. But if he can get take that next step, he that could that's a good comp. I like that. Yeah, me too. Look at me, the NBA guy novice coming in here. All right, Jared, do you have anybody <laughs> else on the on your nice list this year? 
I do have two more, but I would like to let you guys go first before I finish them. I do not have any more. Champ, do you have any more? Nope. Those are my last two, the Garza's. Okay. Well, first and foremost, I think it is necessary for us to throw good old Hayden Fry on the nice list for the rest of time. Um, right before we decided to hop on the mics, we were recording this on Tuesday. It was announced that Hayden Fry unfortunately passed away at the age of 90. I think, DC, you mentioned it before the show, so I don't want to steal that thunder from you, but uh, you can kind of uh, touch on what you told me before. Oh, I mean, you can totally steal my thunder, but I, it, it's a sh- kind of stealing your own thunder. Is it, It's kind of a shame for the three of us because we weren't, we didn't grow up in Iowa, so we didn't grow up during, in Hayden Fry's heyday. We came into it in the, you know, late 2000s before, you know, before the aughts. And uh, I think we don't have the respect or the impact that Hayden Fry had on us. But at the same time, without him, we don't have the mm-hmm. countless pictures, the countless memories of us with a t- with the Tiger Hawk logo. Um, without yep. him, we don't have that in everything that's hanging currently in my den, in all the piece of clothing that I mostly wear, and with all that. So I, I do think without him, it, it's a very different Iowa program we're talking about today. We, we probably don't have Kirk Ferentz either without him. We, there's a lot no. of coaching. There's a lot of programs that don't have their coach or their foundation that they built themselves on without him as well. And, D.C., you, you, you mentioned it. Uh, it's unfortunate that... I don't have the type of memories that I, I have with the Kirk Ferentz because we all came in in the Kirk Ferentz era. But for Hayden, we were there when the first Fry Fest popped off. And we did have a, a couple opportunities to hear him speak and hear him engage with fans and, and us in the Hawks Nest. Um, and his care and love for the University of Iowa and what he did to make this program what it is today, I think, um, no matter who you are or when you became an Iowa fan, you know the name, you know the glasses, you know the hat, you know the mustache, you know some of his classic Hayden Fryisms, um, and I think that you you hold some of those values because they're still the values of Iowa football today. No, yeah, a hundred percent right. That's a great call by you, Jerome. I'm as I sit here in my man cave, surrounded by Iowa, you know, memorabilia. I have a thing on my wall that has literally the Iowa logos gone gone through time. And every time I look at it now with that Tiger Hawk on there, I'll think of Hayden Fry and coming up with that. And it's just, yeah, I, I truly do wish that we could have appreciated and known a little more about the Hayden Fry era. Because like you guys said, we came after, we came during the Kirk Ferentz era. But to be honest, Kirk Ferentz is just, you know, right off of that Hayden Fry book. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a, very similar to Hayden. So in that respect, I'm very glad that we got to have the entire Kirk Ferentz era, and we'll continue to have that because he definitely learned from Hayden Fry. It's funny because Kirk Ferentz is right off Hayden Fry's tree. Hayden Fry's coaching tree is probably one of, if not the best coaching trees in all of football. But it's very funny how guys, two guys with very different personalities were back-to-back coaching the Iowa program, and are from the same coaching tree. I think every story, Jerry, you mentioned it, we came into Iowa during the beginning of Fry Fest, and I took it upon myself to kind of like read up on Hayden Fry and like get the stories. And everything I could read about him, every story I could see if, uh, take in about him, his personality, I really do wish I had a, 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 able to call him my head, like a head coach of the team that I root for, because I think that personality, that attitude, that never back down, that, we're going to take it to them. We're not afraid of people. Like that's the stuff that 
I eat up as a football fan. Mm-hmm. And so having that guy as a football coach would have been amazing to be able to live through. We often don't, as three Chicago kids, don't understand. We understand, but we don't understand fully because we're not Iowa guys, right? And But I know that I speak for the fourth member of Spoko Radio, Zach Gatton, and probably his family and his long history of Iowa fans, that Hayden Fry gave the state of Iowa something to be proud of in their athletic team. And I know that that has to mean the world to a lot of those people in that state. Oh, yeah. 100%. And, I mean, the countless things he did even before he got to Iowa at North Texas – and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff, I, I, if you guys don't know, go read about it. I mean, he's just a remarkable person. And when we got hopped down right before we recorded and found out that he passed away, it, it was really – it didn't hit us the way it probably should have since we didn't grow up in that time. But he touched so many people, and so many people are better off kind of knowing Hayden Fryer, experiencing his coaching, and uh, – I think we're all going to miss him, even if he didn't necessarily get to experience what it was like having him as a football coach. Jared, yep. who else did you have on your nice list? All of you. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know that I am one to pander to our fans, but truly I cannot say how amazing this football season has been for the three of us and how great it's been to engage with you all on Twitter and the comments on Black Heart Gold Pants and to kind of grow that community. It's not about a following. We're not looking for a following. We're looking to build a community where you guys communicate with us just as much as we communicate with you. And while we might have the microphones, the only reason we're on the microphones is because you guys continue to listen and talk to us once you hear us. And I can't say enough for the three of us. I'm sure you both have something to add on to that as well. But you guys, permanent nice list. You all get all the gifts that you so rightfully deserve. I cannot thank you enough for continuously listening to the show week after week, despite the fact that the three of us are kind of some assholes sometimes. So much appreciated. Yeah, we love you guys. Not only do you get any gift that you want under the Christmas tree, under the menorah, whatever you guys want. We'll fill up your stockings. I mean, that's just what we we got some gelt. You want some gelt? A little Hanukkah gelt, but the Hanukkah gelt now it's like it's so. There's like three of them in a whole package. There used to be about eight. Now there's only three. That's a whole nother subject, (laughs) but whatever. But yeah, you you guys are phenomenal. We love you guys. We love interacting with you guys. We appreciate you listening, and we look to continue doing this for years to come. We love it, and we love you guys as fans. You guys are. Right on the top of that nice list. Good call, Jerome. As as Jer said, we really are all about community. It's not about building our own following. It's not about hyping ourselves. We love talking Iowa. We love talking everything about Iowa with you all, with each other. Um, we might disagree, as it's happened lately, with the bowl game talk and this Jobo news. But we do mean every well-intentioned. It's all, res- it's all with all the respect in the world. Mm-hmm. We love hearing everything you guys have to say. The, I... I think I said it over Thanksgiving. I say it again now. Like, this has been truly the best football season to be a part of with Iowa because we've had you all to go along with it the entire season. Uh, like Jared said, we can kind of be dicks sometimes to each other, to other people, <laughs> but we don't mean it. Uh, we're just very, very passionate fans. We love you all very, very much, and just thank you for listening. Thank you for su- subscribing, downloading, and sharing with with all your friends and can please continue to do so. Uh, it really means a lot to us.
And like Jer said, when you continue to listen next week and you tell your friends, we have a very special surprise for you on next week's show that I think you're all going to love. A little holiday gift to all of you guys. It's, stay tuned for that. All right, guys, let's wrap the show here real quick. We have bowl pick them as we alluded to last week. We pick the bowl games against the spread. We usually put a little something on it. Um, this is not to be critical of all of our followers, but we didn't really feel comfortable growing mullets or rat tails or neck beards <laughs> or things of that nature since we do all have jobs that we do have to show our faces in uh, and sit in front of for at least me and my Jerry and myself and Champ has to walk through stadiums um, with clients. And so we would like to kind of like neck beard. Keep a professional appearance in front of everybody else. So what we decided we will do is the loser of the bull pick'em will have to do the Chicago handshake for which which is a drink if you are not familiar it is a shot of Malort followed by a can of really old old crappy beer whether it's Bush Light old style whatever the Schlitz we'll figure that out later at a later date but it's going to be a shot of Malort with a very old school domestic beer tree what do you got you should also have to take a bite out of corn, but like the whole thing. That might not like the kernels, but you should have to like bite the piece of corn since this is an Iowa podcast. We can do that. We can find that. But I think the other piece is that the loser also has to buy the winners each a case of beer. My initial thought was, Jer, since you are in the East Coast, you buy Champ and my, myself if you lose cases of Yingling. And if um. one of us lose, we buy the other two cases of Spotted Cow. One thousand percent. That sounds wonderful. Okay. Well, since we have set the parameters of this bet, why don't we kick things off? We're gonna do the first week of bowl games through the twenty sixth of December. So again, these are against the spread. We'll rip through these pretty quickly, but we will start with on Friday the twentieth, Buffalo and Charlotte in the uh, Bahamas Bowl. Uh, I'm trying to get my line here. Everything just Buffalo is a six and a half point favorite. Champ, who are you picking? I'm taking Charlotte in the six and a half points. Conference USA bound. Charlotte, I like them. I know Khalil Mack's brother is on Buffalo. That's about all I know about Buffalo. <laughs> so give me Charlotte. All right, Jerry, who are you taking? Uh, Buffalo, but I don't know anything about either of those teams, so I'm not going to pretend to talk about them. Taking Buffalo as well. Next up. We've got, uh, I don't know what bowl, these don't have the bowl games on here, so I don't know the name of the actual bowl, but we got Frisco Bowl, the Frisco Bowl, Utah State versus Kent State, Utah State's a five point favorite, Jer, who do you got? I'm taking Utah State. All right, Champ, who are you taking? As am I, Utah State. Give, give me Kent State. This is how we separate ourselves. This is how I won this lot two years ago. Next up, Central Michigan is going to Sandy or playing San Diego State. San Diego State's a three and a half point favorite. Who you got? Uh, this is the New the New Mexico Bowl. Thank you. In case thank you, Champ. To who's know. your pick? Uh, I'm gonna go with Central Michigan. I like that extra half point. Uh, I'm not a big San Diego State football guy. <laughs> okay, Jerry, who you picking? <laughs> I'm taking Central Michigan because I'm a big Central Michigan football guy. <laughs> I, I'm gonna take San Diego State. Next up, Liberty is going or playing Georgia State. Georgia State is I lost this bowl game a five point favorite. Jer, who you got? Uh, Georgia State. Champ. 
This is the illustrious Cure Bowl. That must be new. I've never Dumb. heard of that before. Uh, I'm also going to take Georgia State. Clean sweep. It's Georgia Southern. Sorry, Sorry Georgia Southern. Yes, thank you. I'm taking Georgia Southern <laughs> as well. Next up, SMU is a three-point favorite versus FAU. Champ, who are you picking? Uh, I'm going with uh, FAU. I like FAU. I know Lane left, but I still like them to win this game. All right, Jer, who are you taking? Uh, I'll take SMU here. I'm going to take SMU because Lane left for that very reason. Next up, FIU in Arkansas State. Arkansas State's a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I will kick things off since I don't ever kick things off. I'll take Arkansas State, Lane, the two-and-a-half points. Champ, who are you picking? These games are literally awful. I am going with <laughs> Arkansas State. All right, Jer? Uh, I'll take FIU, sure. Okay. And we have the uh, Coach Peterson Bowl, Boise State, Washington. And I think this is the the Hawaii? Las, the Vegas, Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, Boise State's a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Jer, who are you picking? Who are they playing again? Washington. Washington. Uh, I'll take <laughs> Uh, I'll take Boise State. <laughs> Gay champ, who are you picking? I'm going to take Washington. This is Peterson's last game. I think they're going to go out on a high note. I agree, champ. It's going to be Washington. App State's taking, U- taking on UAB. App State's a 16-and-a-half-point fair. That's so many points in a bowl game. I'll take UAB. Champ, who are you picking? Me, too. That's way too many points, 16-and-a-half. Jer- Jer? App State in a landslide. <laughs> they lost their head coach, <laughs> but okay. Where'd he go? Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> These teams suck. <laughs> These are not a great. This is not a great. App State actually went 12 I know. They're too. actually good. <laughs> yeah, but they lost their head coach. UCF playing Marshall. UCF's a 17 and a half point favorite. Jer, who are you picking? We are. Marshall. Okay. Champ, who are you picking? I heard Randy Moss is coming back to play in this game, so I'm taking Marshall. I think they cover the 17 and a half. Uh, I will take UCF. Why not? Uh, Hawaii and BYU play in the Hawaii Bowl. <laughs> BYU is a two-point favorite. Champ, who you picking? I mean, how could you not take Hawaii when the bowl is literally named after them and it's in Hawaii? So give me Hawaii. <laughs> Jer? Uh, I just wanted this to be known that if you guys aren't bored out of your mind yet listening to this, this is, <laughs> proves my point of why bowl season doesn't fucking matter. I'll take BYU, but these this is trash. These are not good games, but we will watch all of them. I'm going to take Hawaii. It's the same reason champs taking Hawaii. Next up, Louisiana Tech's playing Miami. Miami is a six-point favorite. Jer, who are you picking? I'll take Tech. I'm going to take Louisiana Tech, Louisiana Tech as well, champ. What about you? Well, let's make it a trifecta. I'll take Tech as well. All right. And last up to pick this week is Pitt versus Eastern Michigan. Pitt is a oh 11 God. point favorite. <laughs> These games are truly atrocious. This is why we're not betting any. It's not even hard or anything on this. Champ, kick things off here. <laughs> Give me Pitt. <laughs> Jer. These literally mean nothing. Ah, oh, the Eastern Michigan, sure, I don't care. <laughs> I will take Pitt as I well. I might bring my wife on next week and have her pick. <laughs> there you so go. There are the well, games. I was one of the games we're going to pick. So there are the games through Thursday, the 26th. We will make the rest of these picks for next week on, on next week's show. Uh, guys, anything else before we wrap the show this week? Nope. Rest in peace, Hayden Fry, like we said, and we love all of you fans. You're on our nice list.
Champ summed it up very well. For Jer, for Champ, I'm DC. Subscribe, share the show with your friends. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Banana na 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 na. Trick or treat, Iowa City. <laughs> if you don't love it, leave it. USA, number one.